Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number two, the Pete Callender Show. I am the Pete of said show. The phone numbers are 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. And remember, get the podcast. It is free. comes right to your smartphone or tablet every single day in three episodes, one for each hour. Uh, I got a, a tweet here real quick. Uh, from the last hour, we were talking about uh, Texas and Arizona sending unauthorized immigrants up to Washington, D.C., and uh, on an average of about 2,000 per month. And uh, this has apparently broken the sanctuary city of D.C. The mayor's like, we're overwhelmed. And uh, they're trying to make this some sort of like an ethical argument that how dare they do this. Meanwhile, they're putting people back on buses and sending them off to other cities across America, doing the exact same thing. Uh, J.D. says, Pete, the reason for the liberals reaction at the presence of undocumented people in D.C. lies in the purpose of dissolving the border in the first place. Flood red states with enough illegal aliens to flip those states blue. As Rush used to say, don't doubt me on this. Look, I've heard that argument. I, I even if even if that's true, and I understand the acculturation, the assimilation arguments behind it, and I agree to a large extent. Um, I think they've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I think, I think they they thought, oh look, you know, because uh, like honestly, when people view everybody else through the prism of race, it's kind of racisty, you know, and. In doing so, you minimize, you reduce that person down to their one immutable characteristic, which is their skin color, which, again, is kind of racisty. But in doing so, you make all sorts of assumptions based on your own biases about what that person believes based only on the color of their skin, right? So they assumed, well, if we import people from Central or South America, they're going to be with us, the, the progressives, and it hasn't quite worked out. Maybe it was different 20 years ago when, you know, before Democrats kind of lost their minds and the progressive moon bets took over the party. Maybe, maybe. But nowadays, not so much. <laughs> not so much. There are a lot of people that have come here from other countries. They kind of dig America. They, they like the idea of what America represents. They're not into bashing it. They're not hypersensitive to every perceived slight and offense. They don't like the term Latinx. They, they are very wary of your tendency towards socialism and authoritarianism and tyranny and communism and Marxism. They're, they're not big fans of those things because they actually come from places that had those things implemented and they, they left them. They would very much not like to see them here. So I think there may have been a miscalculation going on from the party that said demographics is destiny, and as soon as we uh, wait out all of the white people and uh, enough of them die off, uh, then uh, we'll we'll have a perpetual, uh, durable majority ruling party. This was their replacement theory. This was Democrats' replacement theory. This was their argument, their assertions, based on the demographer's book, right, 20 years ago. What's his name? Rui Teixeira? wrote that book and said demographics is destiny. Now, of course, they're having to reassess it all because, oh, look at that. All the Catholic people that came from Central and South America, they're not exactly cool with abortion, <laughs> right? They're not, they're not on board with uh, a lot of your, 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 your cultural revolutionary ideas. They're just not. So there may have been a miscalculation going on there. And if Republicans aren't stupid, 
The... Okay, well, never mind. Well, what I was going to say was that if they're not stupid, they would position themselves as the parents' party, right? The party of parents, the party that looks out for parental rights, the party that champions parental involvement and parental responsibility, you know, and getting out of parents' way and just helping and not hurting, not, you know, whatever. If they position, if they reclaim their history, as uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson likes to say, and I, by the way, did you see the hit piece WRAL did on him? I've got the audio. <laughs> I've got the audio on this. I'll get to that. But uh, Mark Robinson in his speeches, he talks about the Republican Party as the party that freed the slaves, right? Reclaim your heritage. This is your party. Be proud of that stuff. Talk about that stuff. And talk about why limited government is the way to best govern a society that is as diverse as ours. That's the beauty of limited government. It allows maximum freedom. Anyway, speaking of uh, maximum freedom, the World Economic Forum. <laughs> this, like, If I hadn't seen these videos myself, if I hadn't watched these people say the things that they have said, if I hadn't uh, I, you know, read through their PowerPoint presentations on this stuff, I would chalk this stuff up as a conspiracy theory. I really would. It just, like, the guy, what's his name, Klaus von whatever, something or other, that guy, I mean, right out of central casting, he is your villain. He is your superhero movie villain. The World Economic Forum is looking to reduce global reliance on critical metals, which I think are, I think they're pretty important. Critical metals being kind of critical. It's like kind of right there in the name. So I'm thinking pretty important. So they want to reduce global reliance on these critical metals. Uh, and so they're just going to, they're just going to hold on to them all for us. No, I'm kidding. They didn't say that, but they might as well. They, they didn't say that <clears throat> by silver. Critical metals. Nations are looking to make the transition. There it is again. It's a transition. Oh, that's what Janet Yellen said, too. Hang on. She had a... Where is it? Uh, oh, did I already close out the... Did I close out the... Two, two, two. Yeah, well, whatever. Janet Yellen said that the, 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 the economy is looking to make a transition. It's not a recession. As I said in the last hour, the word is now transession. It doesn't identify as a recession, despite everybody knowing what the definition of a recession was prior to, like, this week. Now it's a transition. She said we're in a transition. This is a transition. So the GDP numbers, the two quarters of, uh, of, of shrinkage, this is, uh, this, this is to help transition us. Uh, to what, exactly? To prosperity or... Is this our new normal? Remember, Obama's administration tried to tell us that that was the new normal. 2% growth. That's what they said. Back then, they were like, hey, you know what? This is the new normal. I mean, just you're going to be constrained and throttled back. It's just the price we pay for being better than everyone else. And, uh, and then, of course, Trump gets in, cuts red tape and regulations and provides some certainty and uh, starts signaling to markets that, uh, you know, we are open for business, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 here we go. And now we're seeing a lot of growth. That stuff matters. Anyway, the World Economic Forum 
They want to help us make the transition to renewable energy supplies. So one proposal, reducing ownership of private vehicles. And you'll be happy about it. You'll be happy. Give us your private vehicle. You do not need your private vehicle. We'll share car. Share cars. No more private vehicle for you. I don't know what that guy Klaus. I would accent. It's like Austrian or something. It just sounds super villainy. World Economic Forum looking to reduce global reliance on critical metals. So you have to give up your private car. Quote. This transition from fossil fuels to renewables will need large supplies of critical metals. Really? So wait a minute. We have a very limited supply of these very critical metals that are used for all sorts of like really important things. You know, computer chips and you know, life-saving technologies, that sort of stuff. And we need to preserve them because we need to get off of the cheap energy or nuclear energy, the fossil fuels, we have to get off of all of that. But it means then that we have to tap all of these critical metals. Hmm. Lithium, cobalt, nickel. Shortages of them could raise the costs of clean energy technologies. <gasps> really? The, so the finite, limited amount of the critical metals that we've known about for a while, by the way, We've known this short. This is it would be a shortage. So the concern is that when everybody starts using more of this stuff, we're not going to have enough of it, and then it's going to drive the price up. So it's so not only is it going to be more expensive than it is uh, compared to the fossil fuels now, but it's going to be even more expensive. This is insanity. These people are nuts. They're just nuts. The international lobbying organization based in Switzerland. There you go, Switzerland. It's the altitude. Gets to the brain. They've proposed three solutions for lowering the costs of critical metals used in everything from cell phones and electric vehicles to wind turbines and efficient lighting. More sharing can reduce ownership of idle equipment and thus material usage. They pointed out that the average vehicle in England is driven just 4% of the time. This is like the 96%, mostly peaceful but fiery protests, right? 96% of the time, it's not even being used. So uh, let's just kind of pimp out your ride to anybody else, right? Why do you need that car? You don't need that car. You only use it 4% of the time. Come on. We'll all collectively own the car. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be kept in tip-top condition, right? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, people don't beat up on cars that aren't theirs. They only beat up cars uh, that they own themselves, right? Isn't that the old rule of thumb? Like, if it's my car, then I beat it up. But if it's, you know, a rental, I drive it I drive it like a rental. No, actually, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. What was the joke somebody made the other day? The difference between an SUV and a rental? 
is that a rental can go anywhere. Yeah, th- this is this is insanity. Um, more sharing can reduce ownership of idle equipment. Vehicle sharing initiatives like Get Around and Blue SG have become increasingly popular around the world and are key in reducing the number of cars and electronics needed globally, the forum says. All right. Do you know why these types of uh, initiatives, these types of uh, operations, do you know why they are popular? Because people don't have cars. They don't have a car to begin with. Sharing a car is better than no car. But having a car is better than sharing a car. Because you know what's in it. If you left something in the car, you just walk out to your car and take it out of your car. Because it's your car. Right? If you don't want anybody to eat in your car, guess what? Nobody eats in your car. Because it's your car. You want to park it far away so nobody opens a door into it or a shopping cart, you know, runs away and, and bashes itself up against your vehicle? You can do that. But if you have to, like, park this thing and then let anybody else drive it... They're going to park it right up next to the cart corral. That thing's going to get abused. There's going to be Cheerios on the floor, probably some puke stains in the back from a a night at the brew pubs. Come on. Oh, that's just one of their ideas. You know what another another idea is? You got to keep your smartphone for longer, which I'm actually okay with. (laughs) I'm actually okay with this. Yeah, I still have, I still have a tablet. That uh, it just it's on Wi-Fi and uh, it's like leaking stuff. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like I had to tape the edges and everything because like I'm I got it for free. It was like a free Verizon tablet or something. I got I don't know 15 years ago. I have not gotten rid of that thing because sometimes it's nice. I'll just put on YouTube and I'll just have a YouTube video going on. It still plays. I mean the screen it's got like different colors and stuff all swirled around on it. But uh, it's mainly for listening purposes. I also use it for timing my spots. I use it as a, a stopwatch, you know. And uh, so I have anyway, and that just connects to the Wi-Fi. And then I have my old phone. I don't even remember. I think it was like an LG. I think I got it in 2011. I think I, yeah, I think that's the I think that's the phone that I went out and bought after I got uh, laid off here. And I had and my only phone was from it was a work phone. That they had given me because when I was working as a reporter first, they gave us in the WBT newsroom. We used to run with the uh, with the Nextels. Beep, beep. Remember those things? The Nextel little walkie talkie deals. Um, and then from there. And yes, I did have a pager, but that was when I worked in uh, Rock Hill. I had a pager. Uh, then I got here. They gave you the little flip fo- or the, uh, the, the Nextels. Then we got the flip phones and uh, and then I got laid off and then I went and got a smartphone. So that was my original smartphone. I still have it, and it just sits uh, plugged into the into our little uh, stereo, so we can uh, listen uh, to uh, you know Spotify and uh, and 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 the podcasts. Get the podcast at wbt.com. So you can listen to music and that sort of thing. By the way, don't leave it plugged in. The batteries they'll puff up. It puffed up like a uh, like a can of spoiled beans. It's weird. And then the case didn't fit right on it. So I had to go get another battery, which I was able to find on Amazon, which I guess I can't order from them. I'm wondering, are they going to have to do ride shares too? Amazon, right? You're going to have to like double up the drivers on the routes or something. I don't know. 
or maybe more drones. Maybe that's the idea. Look, I keep my phones until they stop working. Now, maybe we should talk to the telecom companies that are making the phones and tell them to stop making phones that become obsolete when you update the operating system after, you know, oh, look at that, year five, boom, or no, who am I kidding? Year three, boom, and now they send you this massive update, and now it's too big for your phone to even uh, <laughs> to even operate anymore, to even run. They say that uh, keeping a phone five years instead of three years reduces the phone's annual carbon footprint by 31%. The report said companies need to be incentivized to reward customer longevity and encourage product repurposing to prevent new mines from being opened. New mines. I'm telling you, people. First they came for the cars, then they're going to come for the phones. As it was foretold. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. WBT. All right, so we got to give up our cars. Because uh, apparently all of the new technology relies on these critical metals and really intensive to get them. Um, what was it? We did this story the other day that, a, uh, what was it, a Motorious, I think is the publication or the website that did a comparison of a, of a classic muscle car from like the 60s or something and compared it to an electric vehicle today and found that the muscle car has a much smaller carbon footprint and will for like 40 years of driving the electric car. Like you could drive that electric vehicle for 40 years and you would only then get to the carbon footprint of the, like it would then balance out. That's how long you got to drive the electric vehicle. So because we rely on these really critical, really rare minerals, they're like, oh, this is going to be a problem. Now we're pushing everybody to adopt all these quote, renewables, which doesn't sound very renewable to me. Have you noticed that? If we're going to be stripping out all the mines and we're going to run out of this stuff, that does not sound renewable. That sounds finite. That sounds the opposite of renewable. Is this like a recession thing? Is this like recession where it does now it's not the thing that we thought it was? So renewable now it's, so it's like transnewable. Is that like a transession that we're in right now because it's a recession that doesn't identify as one. So now maybe like renewables are not really identifying as renewable anymore. So it's sort of like a transnewable. Is that the idea? Gosh, it's so confusing. You know who's going to be in trouble? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is going to be in some serious trouble. Have you seen? Because they're building these uh, their restaurants now. And look, I gave them the solution. I don't know why they're not doing it. I gave them the idea... Right, it's just like just a cylindrical parking deck looking structure, just just a ramp. It goes all the way up and then all the way down, and you could you could put like I don't know maybe four of them on one plot, you know, and you would have just like one building at the top, and they would service all the food, and then you would just drive up, and this would stack all the vehicles vertically. I said Chick Fil A, you guys got to go vertical, but no, instead they're building these lanes. That like their little lot, their 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 plot of land that they're sitting on, where you got like the building, and then you have like parking spaces, and they're just now trying to like create all these multiple lanes and circle the building, and they're taking up parking spaces and everything. Because you've seen Chick Fil A, right? At lunchtime, it's craziness. Well, there is a Chick Fil A in Hendersonville that got a bit of got a bit of blowback. So it's a brand new. 
uh, open. Uh, it's a brand new drive through express. Okay. So drive through express. It's in Hendersonville, which is in Western North Carolina, Henderson County. And as part of its celebration, they're expecting a lot of people to be going through the drive through, right? Which they want. They want a lot of people to, hey, yay, we're here. It's open, right? So they put a uh, job opportunity up onto the Facebook. Not really a job opportunity. It was a volunteer opportunity. A volunteer. They needed people uh, that could work the drive through line. Not inside the building, but, you know, they always put people out front and they'll, they'll you know, take your order out front before you get up for whatever. So, like, you could walk between the cars and it helps to keep the process flowing, right? And so they posted up onto the Facebook, quote, we're looking for volunteers for our new drive through express. Earn five free entries per shift worked. And then they have a parenthesis where it says per shift. It says one hour. So five free entries per shift. And a shift is one hour. So I'm assuming you stand outside for an hour and then they will give you five of their crack laced chicken sandwiches because what other reason is there why people are so addicted to these things right so five sandwiches and this is message us for details well as you might imagine because it's chick-fil-a oh and it's the hendersonville chick-fil-a do you know why that's important the hendersonville chick-fil-a this location employed a certain person who went on to become a Republican congressman. That's right. This is the store that Madison Cawthorn worked at. There you go. And so now, obviously, they're terrible, and it's Chick-fil-A, so we have to, you know, we got to drag them. And so people uh, dragged away. They had to delete the post off of Facebook. Many of the commenters pointed out that Chick-fil-A, according to Vice.com, is a massively popular fast food chain whose owners are worth roughly $14 billion and thus should not be asking people to illegally work for free. Like many fast food operations, some Chick-fil-A stores are franchises that are quasi-independently operated, and this one is a franchise in Hendersonville. Corporate did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The uh, Facebook account, though, posted a response after taking down the initial solicitation for volunteers, said, Uh, Thanks for everyone's concern on this matter. Uh, This is a volunteer-based opportunity, which means people can opt in to volunteer if they think it's a good fit for them. We've had multiple people sign up and enjoy doing and have done it multiple times. People who sign up for this chose it voluntarily. We are still hiring full-time and part-time team members, so if you're interested in working in our store, we pay $19 an hour. During the launch of our new drive-thru express, we offered opportunities for customers to earn free food to simply traffic direct other guests. Usually it's a win-win for us and the volunteer who gets free Chick-fil-A. That way, our team can focus on serving the guests in what we do best. How dare you? So, all right, you know me. I'm all about solutions. So... How about we direct some of the people that are flying signs on the exit ramps and all the street corners? How about we direct them to the Chick-fil-A? 
This seems like a golden opportunity for them, right? If they're, if, if you know, they're asking for any help. That's I've seen the signs. They say any help is appreciated. God bless. Okay. Well, they're saying God bless, so you know they should be down with Chick Fil A. So why don't we like offer them the opportunities to direct some traffic, right? And then you get five free sandwiches for an hour. Five Chick-fil-A sandwiches for an hour of standing outside to direct traffic? That seems... What really is amazing to me, though, are the people that that went on to the Facebook in order to complain about this. What's up with them? Why do you care? Why do you care if somebody volunteers to direct traffic for food? You know what I would have done with it? Oh, my gosh, like... Back in college, man, I was living on ramen noodles. I would have done this. I would have done it for two. I would have done it for two hours and only two sandwiches. I would have worked for a sandwich an hour. I would have done that. Absolutely. Absolutely, I would have done that. It's a volunteer gig. What's the problem? Why do you care? Because it's Chick-fil-A. Because it's Chick-fil-A and because this was the store that Madison Cawthorn worked at. That's it. That's what it's about. There's no other reason for it. How dare you? How dare you? This is the thing, too. You got people who've already volunteered. They've already got they've already got volunteers. People are already wanting to do it. Because they enjoy doing it. They like Chick-fil-A. They want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of the excitement of a grand opening. It's like the people that uh, wait outside for what is it, when uh, Dunkin' Donuts opens or a Krispy Kreme, one of them, right? And they give you like free donuts. I shouldn't, all right, I shouldn't say this if I don't know what the actual deal is. But it's something like you get a free donut for, like, the rest of your life. You get, a, like, a, a donut a week or a pack of donuts a week or something like that. If you are, like, one of the first 100 people when a store opens, you get these perks. Look, I'm not the kind of guy that rushes in. To, remember the Neiman Marcus opened in South Park Mall and people were there waiting for the, the gates to open and they, like, stormed in? I remember that. I wasn't there, but I remember that. I was thinking, what kind of people do that? I don't get it, but people do it. They volunteer. They want to be a part of this big, this big rollout. Who cares? If you like, they are they are hiring. They're hiring. Nineteen dollars an hour. Go to work for them. They're hiring and taking volunteers. But no, they had to delete their Facebook. You see, you never, never apologize. You never apologize. Don't apologize. You did nothing wrong, Chick-fil-A. You did not do anything wrong, except the waffle fries. I think those were wrong. But people love them, so what do I know? I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous. If you want a job... At Chick-fil-A, go work at Chick-fil-A. If you want to volunteer to help direct traffic for an hour and get five free sandwiches, then volunteer. And if you don't want to do either of those things, don't do either of those things and butt the hell out. Seriously, why why do you care? Why do you care, Facebook anonymous posters? Why do you care if the Hendersonville Chick-fil-A asks for volunteers, and is going to give them five free Chick-fil-A sandwiches for directing traffic. I look at it as uh, as outreach. As outreach. Why is it in... So what, if they just handed out the, f- the five free hate chicken sandwiches, uh, if they just handed out the hate chicken, that would be better? 
Come on. If I win the lottery tonight, oh, who am I kidding? When I win the lottery tonight, right, I will buy Chick-fil-A sandwiches for some people. That's my promise. That's my commitment. What is it up over? It's a billion dollars now. See, now it's worth me playing. I don't ever play unless it's around a billion dollars. Eh, it's just, you know, I got to stop. I got to get out of the car. Got to walk inside. I got to, like, remember the lingo. I don't even know what to ask for. Like, uh, I just usually point, like, what's the, what's the big one? And then they're like, oh, do you want this or that or this or whatever? And I'm like, I don't know. You just give me some numbers that win. That's how this works, right? Just give me the winning numbers, and I'll be on my way. Here, here oh, yeah, here you go. AP. It's a billion-dollar prize. Uh, the odds of winning are like one in 300-something million. Um, do, 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 do. Most winners opt for the cash option. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. This is from... Wait, wait, a giant Mega Millions lottery jackpot ballooned to $1.02 billion after nobody matched all six numbers Tuesday night and won the top prize. The new estimated jackpot will be the nation's fourth largest lottery prize. There have been 29 consecutive drawings without a winner. Uh, billion dollars uh, for winners who choose the annuity option. <laughs> who takes that? Who takes the annuity? Come on. I mean, I, I'm a believer in annuities, but why would I take an annuity for 30 years when I could just, yeah, I could take the cash option, which would be like $600 million, and uh, then you got to pay the taxes on it, and you walk out with like under, I think you walk out with like $400 million, something like that, $400 million? I mean, for that kind of money, $400 million, then you just throw it into, you know, a trust, so, by the way, first thing you do is you you uh, you have to sign the thing. I think you got to sign the lottery ticket, something like that. Uh, and then you got to go to a bank and you got to put it in a safety deposit box. And you don't tell anybody. Don't tell anyone. You put it in the safety deposit box, and then you go and you find some financial advisor who specializes in people who win lotteries. I'm not kidding. There are people that specialize in that. It, um, it's probably a more lucrative field now than it used to be, right? Uh, but there are people that actually can help you set up those structures because here's what's going to happen. Uh, when you win, and look, I've read there have been terrible stories about what happens to people when they win the lotteries. A lot of them, uh, they make very bad decisions uh, usually, and then they win the lottery. Now they got a lot more money to make even worse decisions but on a galactic level, you know? And so they make those bad decisions and they end up with nothing. Also, uh, they get uh, victimized. They get kidnapped. They get murdered. I'm not kidding. Like, there are, there are people who win lotteries and become victims of violent crime because of it. And in North Carolina, you're not allowed to stay anonymous. You got to tell everybody that you won all this money, which got me and Chris, the producer here, chatting during one of the breaks about how best to go about hiding all of that. And I said uh, that you would set up like a fake identity. And he was all into, he he's talking about creating some Batman lair. Um, 
but not for crime-fighting purposes. Did I have that right? Is that what you said, Chris? Right. So a Batman lair, but not for crime-fighting purposes. Is this, is this going to be like for what, movie watching? Is that the idea? Movies and video games and entertainment. Wait, wait, that's pretty expansive. Oh, you could open the mic here. Tell me, what, 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 what kinds of entertainment are you actually talking about here, Chris? Cave types of entertainment. Cave types of entertainment? Well, I guess it'd be up to me to define it. True. That's why I'm kind of curious. Like, what types of entertainment, like, would you be, because with that kind of money, $400, $500 million, I mean, you could be importing, like, Circus del Soleil or whatever they call it. Give me the money. There, okay, so he wants the money before he'll tell me. I don't like that terms. I don't like those terms. All right, so he, so, but here's the thing. When you create the Batman lair, do you have the butler? Do you run a butler? That's a point of weakness, right? Now you create, you, now somebody knows. This is why you got to have like a front. So I was thinking like you have like a little two-bedroom shack or something and you would just set that up and then, you know, there'd be like a hidden doorway somewhere in the shack and then you would go down into the shack, and that would be the lair would be underneath. And that's where you would have uh, all of your uh, circus performances and video games and TVs and such. And up on the ground level, that's where you would get DoorDash using your fake profile, right? The person who would – yeah, so you just create a fake profile for Joe Schmo, and he orders a lot of DoorDash and delivery and that sort of stuff. And so then when – you would go to that front door of your shack. People would be like, oh, this guy's got no money. Little do they know, you have an entire lair below ground. Or, so that was his idea, the lair. But you got to think through the, you got to think through the security app or, uh, or uh, uh, outline here. Mine, if I won $400 million, I mean, I would probably keep the house here in Charlotte. But honestly, I'm not sure you'd ever hear from me again. I really, I really not sure. I would probably go buy an island and I would build a wall around the island because at first I thought I would hire my own like army and I would station them around the perimeter of the island and just shoot anything that came near me. But then, no, that's not good because like the butler, right, like the butler, now I've got multiple weak points in my security. So I got to get rid of all of them, just build the whole wall and then I would have my own compound on the island. I think that's, I think that's how I would, I think that's how I would do it. With, I guess I'd have to have internet too. Maybe, maybe. Oh, I'd also invest in a whole bunch of like rare earth metals.